Um, he's been locked up for like 19 years. I actually wrote a letter to President Obama a few years ago to see if he could maybe be pardoned. So long story short, my husband goes up for parole. They give him 10 more years. Mm. Crazy. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask why. I didn't care. I said, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, you coming home or not? He like, not again. He's sitting here. And I'm like, some bullshit. Use my friend. That was crazy. I think I need to get men out here and don't take care of their kids 10 years. Period. So he already did 19 and they gave him another 10 and didn't tell him why they gave him another 10? He said they told him his case plan was messed up. Something dealing with the case managers. And I'm like, this is ridiculous because he committed a crime, but he paid, he paid his time. And he got a whole family out here. Like, I'm struggling to take care of my nine kids and my husband in prison. It's crazy. Something had to happen. Right. Something, he, he must have did something in prison for them to give him another 10 years. You know what, Charlamagne, like, honestly, I don't know. I wasn't able to watch his hearing. Normally, they can let you watch it live stream. I wasn't able to. It wasn't aired. So I'm like, that was God, you know what I'm saying, saying telling me to let me fall back and go ahead and let me handle this. I don't Man. know what happened in that hearing. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But I just had to get off my chest. I've been crying since yesterday. And it's like, this is real. It's real. I wish I could tell you something to help you, but I don't even know what to say to you at a time like this, to be honest. I know. I know. It's okay. Like, no one has anything to say. It's all good. My kids keep giving me encouraging words. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be strong. I'm up early. I couldn't even sleep last night. And I'm up early. Like, what am I about to do with my life? Ten more years of being dedicated to a man in prison. I love him to death. That's my shit. Like, I love him with all my heart. But... Right. Yeah, I'm you so can't sorry, do you, you you can't you can't you can't do his bid with him, you know, and and you know supporting him is one thing, but you can't put your life on hold. Man, I'm cool. I done had sex. You know what I'm saying? I'm 45. I done had enough sex to last me the rest of my life. I'm cool. I'm away from my man to come home, but I just think it's okay. crazy. All right. Crazy. We praying for you, right. man. Absolutely, mom. Yes, so we are. Lord have mercy. I wish I could do something else, but I don't know what else to do. Thank you for calling. Good luck, and try to enjoy hey. the holidays, mama. What? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Oh, it's Anthony. Uh, good morning. DJ MV, Charlamagne, God, Angelique. Good morning, Peace, King. I wonder. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I want to start by saying uh, congratulations on you guys' this, uh, Radio Hall of Fame uh, induction. And, Thank um, you, sir. Uh, I, yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, Envy, um, you invited Charlamagne on the bike ride. And uh, I'll just him? let you guys know that uh, I was saying that uh, Envy invited you on uh, Charlamagne on the bike ride. And uh, apparently, bike riding can lower men's testosterone and cause erectile dysfunction because of the pressure that um, it causes when you sit on the bike seat. It puts mm. pressure on the um, on that space that's called perineum, and it can slow the blood flow. So I'm not trying okay. to discredit you, guys, or I'm not trying to stop you from riding bikes, but yeah, sure I got gel for him though, brother. I got some gel for him, so he be alright. I got some nice wow. gel for him to make sure he, some, he's alright. You, you, you think he's trying to sabotage? You think he's trying to sabotage Charlemagne? Uh, I can't call it one way or another. You know, it definitely you know, sounds like some sort of infiltration, penetration. Something he wants to do to my peranium. That'd be a dope Bobby Brown remake. It's my peranium. Where's the peranium at? It's like yeah, in between your and your bonky? Yeah, yeah, that's the medical term for it. It's called the peranium. I just found that wow. out. Wow. So, well, thank you. You, know. you learn something new every day here on The Breakfast Club. 
yeah, you gotta protect our Hall of Famers. You know, you can't let the Hall of Famers go out. Like, like that's that, right. You know? But I got, I got some gel pants for you, Charlamagne. You be good, man. No, gel pants take care of everything between your ass and your penis. Bro, you're not getting my perineum, King. I don't want your perineum. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hello? It is Morato. Oh, shoot. Morato. Damn, deli- damn delayed response. That's a, that's a very original name. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Where you calling from? Good. Uh, I'm calling from Angola, Africa. Africa. All right. Africa. Wow. All right. The motherland. What's happening? Get it off your chest. Good morning. All right. Good morning, DJ Angie. Good morning, Charlamagne the God. What's up, King? Good How are you? Good morning, Angela. You? Good morning. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very long distance call. I might spend here a hundred dollars just to make this call. Uh, I just want to. I just want to say that this 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 show is amazing. Um, you guys are doing an incredible job, and I listen to you every day on my Apple podcast. And I don't even know if the program was live. I just called. Okay. Some positivity. Yeah. We- what you guys doing? And keep inspiring us all. What time is it in Africa right now in Angola? What time is it? It's 11.16. 11.16. Okay. P.M. or A.M.? A.M. Okay. All right. Good to talk to you, brother. Hello, who's this? What are we, comedians? Shana. Hey, Shana, get it off your chest. I just want to thank God for this day. That's right. You know, I know. (laughs) Look, I thank God for this day, for this job. I'm so blessed. I'm highly favored. I got my own business. And I just want to just thank God. That's all, guys. Shana, Shana, you're you're not just blessed and highly favored. You're blessed, black, and highly favored. You, you absolutely right. I am blessed, black, and highly favored. And I just want to thank God for it. Thank you, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, man, what's up? This is Reckless TV. How y'all doing? What's up, Reckless TV? Get it off your chest. I wanted to speak about college. I did trade school. I did two years for HVAC and uh, electricity, and I can work anywhere in the United States. I'm 23 years old, and nobody's doing trade no more. Everybody's trying to be doctors and lawyers. So right now, trade school is the best thing you can do. I agree. After, after I graduated, my... Uh, my teacher came to me and said I should go for another four years and I'd be guaranteed to make six figures and I can go anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. So trade school is popping right now because ain't nobody really doing it and everybody needs help with HVAC and uh, air conditioning. Yeah, man, exactly. I, I met this guy the other day, I think when I was in D.C., man, he ran up on me and he was like, man, thank you for always talking about trade school because I went to trade school and I've been gainfully employed for 40 plus years. There you go. <laughs> I forgot what he said he did. Alex! What's up? What's up? What's up? Get what's it off up? your chest, Alex. Em- Who is Envy the Don? Yes, sir. What's up, bro? Envy the Don. My man, what's up? Envy the Don got that bread. Jay-Z got that <laughs> billion, huh? Yeah, Jay-Z got oh, a billy. Oh, got a billy. Got a billy. How they did it? Do we learn from Jay or do we from Nipsey Hussle? Which one? You said what? Do we learn from Nipsey Hussle or do we learn from Jay-Z? You learned from both of them. You had more than one teacher in school, didn't you? Yeah, hopefully you learn from a lot of people every day. About? Why y'all say such stupid things? Seriously, why do you wake up in the morning and just like say things that you give no thought to whatsoever? So you only learn from one person throughout your whole life? Nah, Charlamagne, we ain't got to go like that, Charlamagne. I'm just saying, you know who Nipsey Hussle learned from his OGs? He learned from Elijah Muhammad, message to the black man. Elijah Muhammad was always talking about doing for self and owning your own. So what are we talking about here? We learn from a lot of different people in life. Don't forget that bag to get that mail. All right, man. Have a blessed day. Peace, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all just pissing what's me off this morning. What's, what's up with y'all this morning, man? They're getting it off their chest, y'all, man. Let's just let them talk. They do sound Let a little go. stupid this morning. <laughs> Michael! Hey, how's it going, brother? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning neighbor! Get it off your chest, yeah. Michael. 
Yep, I'm calling from Delaware Beach, but I love you guys. I'm always listening to the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you, sir. We Thank appreciate you, so much. you, man. You're welcome. Shout out to God. I love you, brother. I, I appreciate the work and everything, man. We love you, bro. I love you too, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, King. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. Hey, I'm Angela Yee. And I go by the name of Charlamagne Tha God, and we just want to say happy holidays from all three of us. All three of y'all. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. So we're asking 800-585-1051, have you ever got caught watching porn? Now, me, I haven't because uh, I never watched porn. I didn't have any older brothers, so I, I couldn't buy magazines. I didn't have any VHS. Your parents no didn't have any in, No. In I, like, my parents had a stash. You got to remember, my dad's a retired cop. Well, he's a retired cop, but he was a police officer. So there was like, you don't go in his room because you don't know what he has in there. Like, I didn't want to go in there and bump into a gun or bump into something. So I, I kind of stayed away from my dad's stuff. But what I would do oh, they is... they all kind of freaky things in there. They probably had that swing. I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, what I would do is, like, let's say 153 was the porn channel. So on your remote control, if you go 153, 154, 153, 154, 153, super 154, old school. it's super old school. <laughs> but it would it would pop up and you could get to see a little bit of the porn. That's that's all I, you know, was able to do. So I never got caught. And I never caught my son. Like when I go in my son's room now, I kind of make a little noise because I don't wanna, I don't wanna walk in on him like, yeah, you know, but I'm sure Charlemagne got caught. I'm positive he got caught. Well, I haven't got caught watching porn, but I got caught with porn. Now, keep in mind, I'm 42 years old, so I grew up in this era where we had this thing called trapper keepers, okay? And I know you kids don't know what a trapper keeper is, but just know it was more than a school supply. It was a status symbol. Okay, and I know Trapper Keeper sounds like your drug-dealing boyfriend who your mama said is a good man, but no, it was a folder. And Trapper Keepers was so big and bulky, I could put pages out of porno magazines in these folders, and I absolutely did that. And I'll never forget, I was in this single-wide trailer I grew up in in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, and I was on the top bunk. And my Jehovah Witness English teacher, beautiful mom, for some reason came in and opened that trapper keeper. And the panic I felt in that moment, I can still feel right now. I can taste that trauma in my mouth, okay? And my mom hit me with those dreaded words, wait until your dad gets home. And when my dad got home, I heard them in the kitchen discussing it. And my daddy said, so you want me to punish my son because he looking at porn? So he came in the room and had to act like he was disciplining me, but he just said, hey man, find a better place to hide that goddamn porn from your mama, okay? Which I never understand why your mom was mad at you for looking at porn. Because she loves the grandkids, but mad at you for looking at porn porn. Back then, I didn't understand. All I would see was just, it was a bush. And I'd be like, why, why is that bush there? It's just a big bush. Nobody else. Not anymore. I never thought about that. I just thought that that's how porn porns came. I thought the hair was the poom poom. I was like, oh, she well, was you know, I, <laughs> I have an older brother. I have an older brother, so I remember we used to watch Purple Rain all the time, and he would always pause it on the part where Apollonia coming out of the waters of Lake Minnetonka, and he would rewind it and rewind oh, yeah. it and Why rewind it, and I could not watch that movie with him because I was like, dude, I want to watch the rest of the movie. So you know what's so crazy that was about annoying. that? All those 80 movies were soft porn. Like, you know, if you could stay up late, mm -hmm. HBO used to be playing Corky's. HBO. 
Oh, oh, Porky's Revenge. Was you it HBO After Dark or was it Showtime After Dark? One of them has me. Showtime After Dark, but oh. on HBO, you was guaranteed. Cinemax really had it. Skin and memory. It was Cinemax. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Cinemax. Goodness Definitely. gracious. Mm-hmm. You now, guaranteed I'll, to see an areola on one of them. Absolutely. Now, Al Bordop actually got caught by his mom, and he was actually, you know, I guess stroking the dragon. Now, drama span. You, you can what say that, masturbating. This, this, this was, is crazy. He was stroking Tell the dragon. That's what you was doing with the Goya drum. Go ahead. Up, <laughs> I was, you know, I was laying hands on myself and uh, playing with the one eye. Excuse me. What do you mean, don't, masturbating? Don't, don't, sound reli- don't make it sound religious. What do you, How do you masturbating. say masturbating in Spanish? Yes, I was masturbating. Laying hands on myself. Okay, yeah, I think no, masturbate. How do you say it in Spanish? Masturbate. Masturbate. And uh, she walked in as, you know, I had my stuff out, so I pulled the covers over real quick. I tried to play it off like I was uh, checking for lumps. So you kept going? No, I mean, I made it seem as if I was, like, you know, examining myself. How do you make it seem like that? You, you, like, how do you make it seem like that? Did you say it? Yeah, I mean, she saw me touching myself, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, checking for lumps in in health class. They said that guys should check the testicles for, you know, lumps and things like that. This was last year, guys. This was last year, Shut up, man. I was in high school. No, this was last year. High school. I was 20. what do you... So if your mom walks in and says, are you masturbating? Do you say, see? Man, shut that's up, bro. The, that's weird. That's weird well, to say to your mom you with your penis in your a, hand. It doesn't bro. matter what race you are, bro. It's weird either way. It was yeah, but it's weird. weird when did you, you got say, your, did you weird. say, did you say, estoy viniendo? No. What? He said, el masturbato. Man, right. shut up. It's just weird to have your penis in your hand and be looking at your mom saying, see? See? Stupid. 800-585-1051. We got time for one call? Yeah. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, Envy? Hey, you. Oh, what's up, Trav, hey, baby. Trav. So, Trav, you got, how did you get caught masturbating, Trav? So, I didn't cut. So, look, I, I was in, um, I follow a lot of porn accounts on Twitter, right? If anybody knows the best porn nowadays is on Twitter. So, really? I was in church, minding my business, just scrolling down. Mind you, I wasn't watching porn. I was scrolling down my timeline, and my cousin that was sitting behind me saw me scrolling my timeline and saw it come across. And just assumed I was watching porn in church and told my aunt I was watching porn in church, but I wasn't watching it. I literally just scrolling my timeline. You sure? I don't believe you. <laughs> Have you ever got caught masturbating? That is the question. Playing with the one-eyed monster. You or didn't lady. say that now. We didn't say masturbating. I thought we just said, Have you ever been caught watching, watching porn? porn. Oh. You're, a, you're a freak. Trav calls up here talking about that, and all of a sudden you want to talk about masturbating. Oh, was it drama? No, that was, it, was, it started with drama. Dramos and then Trav. It was, it was those two. Ain't right? nobody said nothing about no masturbating. We said porn. He did. Have you no, been por- caught with porn? Dramos did. Yes, he did. But anyway, have you no. ever got caught with porn? That's the question. Sorry, guys. Call us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it now. I know it now. Call me. Your opinions to the Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're asking, have you ever got caught with porn? Let's go to the phone lines. A lot of people on the lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Vino. Hey, Vino. You ever got caught with some um, porn, brother? Man, Envy. I'm going to tell you, when I was in the city, my mama came home early. I done fell asleep, done f***ed off real good. Everything <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm in the sleep. I'm dreaming that the garage door open, but I really didn't know that the garage door open until I heard her yell my name. Hey, boy, what you doing naked? I'm naked. <laughs> she looking at me crazy. You already know how I go after that. Yeah, we know. So you telling me, what you just told us is that you f***ed yourself to sleep. Every time I I go to sleep. I don't know about you, but I'm going to sleep. 
Even I'm, when you do it every to time? Yeah, damn right. That's the best one. So and you can't brother. even go twice. I mean, if it, if she bad, I don't went twice, man. See, I don't went. You liar. Twice. Okay, you said my you brother. go to sleep. Not with, my, not, not with myself. My by my. You just, That's what I'm concerned about. I want you to be more kind to yourself. All right, you don't no. gotta do that. No, to you. no. Why I gotta Why I gotta go two two rounds with myself? <laughs> I'm trying to get in and get out. He's savage with himself. Look at him. He, he, he went up quickly with himself. You gotta treat yourself better, man. You gotta yeah, you gotta treat yourself, yourself better. better than that, bro. I mean, you 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 man, really. You, I did. I got I got off and got out of there and went to sleep. You effing yourself you to there. sleep. And what did your mama say? She didn't say nothing. She just you know that's part of puberty. He said she just like you, just like your daddy. Every time he he go to that's sleep on me what too. She said. Oh my that's goodness! Thank what you, brother. Just, just like your daddy. Thank you, man. <laughs> Lazy. 800-585-1051. Have you ever got caught with porn? Hello, who's this? It's Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing well. Have you ever got caught with with, with some porn? Unfortunately, I did. What happened? Okay, so listen. So listen, I was FaceTiming my husband because I travel for work. And I happened to stop in my hometown, which is Lexington, in Kentucky. And I have an air conditioning unit in my old bedroom. So I had everything set up, and you know, I'm really going. And my mom and dad busted me like, are you okay? Wow. They heard me from outside and thought I was dying. Oh my goodness. Can I ask you a question? How would you have if your parents would have busted in the room and said, what's that smell? Well, you know what, luckily we didn't have that problem. Mm. <laughs> it was just so embarrassing. Yo, you, so- what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> What's that smell? She didn't say she didn't have a smell. She just said that would have been embarrassing. But still, what's wrong with you? Did you get Captain D's? <laughs> Thank you. Let's go to another phone line. Hello, who's this? What's going on? My name is Dev. Hey, Dev, you got caught uh, with some porn, brother? Yeah, man. So, like, I was in sixth grade. So, I used to miss the bus a lot in school. So, I missed the bus one day in sixth grade. And my dad was like, all right, I'll take you. We driving in the, in the car. It's just me and him. He cornered me. He like, yeah. So, uh, I was cleaning out my computer and... I noticed a whole bunch of viruses. He's like, uh, I want you to know this is safe, you know, for, for young men, but, you know, this ain't really the way to, to explore your body. <laughs> I'm like, gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's not the way. So, first of all, so what, what's, what, what's the way to explore your body then? I just, I'm just curious. What did he, your father I, I, I tell you? He wanted me to wait. My, my, my dad was a pastor at the moment, too, so it probably wasn't a good look. Man, that you know man was sleeping with everybody in the church. Don't say that. Do Don't put that out there, man. They do say that porn kind of ruins how people have sex because they have, like, unrealistic expectations and the way that, I don't know. All right, makes it better. studies about it. Because you learn so much stuff at such an early age and you you got so many different tricks that you can try. But I don't know that normally it's very loving. Huh? So my girl not complaining? To you. <laughs> Not to you. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, thank you, brother. Look, his girlfriend probably be like, why does he always show up with pizza and then whips his penis out and throws me on the bed? <laughs> Too much bang for <laughs> <laughs> well, So what's the moral of the story, guys? I don't, I don't uh, think there is a moral. I mean, I, I think that, you know... You, the moral, yeah. I think the moral of the story is explore your sexuality however you have to do it, but you might get caught. Yeah, and it's so difficult, man, because I just don't know how you would discipline your kids, being that you know you've been that child before. You've done it, yeah. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? Like, what do you Not tell any. them in that moment? 
lock the door, you know, do it in the privacy of your own room. I mean, what do, what do you tell them? Uh, you can't say that because you really don't want them to do it. You know what I mean? You don't, like, I don't I don't know, man. Sex is such a you natural You don't think it's normal, thing. though? You don't well, think it's normal than, for kids? It is. I would rather them masturbate than actually indulge in having sex with people. So think, about, think about how accessible it is right now, too. A lot more accessible than when we were growing up. All they have to do is look at their phone. You know what, though? It is something to that because I thought masturbation was wrong. And the first time I masturbated is because I had a broken heart. So I was used to, you know, having sex with my then girlfriend. So when I masturbated, I felt so bad and I cried because I felt like, you know, she wasn't with me anymore. And so I was reduced to masturbating. Like literally the first time I ever masturbated, I cried because I thought I was doing something wrong. Shut up. You got to use a vino. That was probably too rough for you, boo-boo. First of all, I don't even know if a vino was around back then. Okay. Well, don't use Noxzema. Yeah, don't use Noxzema. I don't know what I was using back then. That's probably why I didn't... So you didn't even... <laughs> cry? That's why you cried. Uh, so you're not even, you're not even good to yourself. You're not even good to yourself. You couldn't even please yourself. Please yourself. <laughs> please yourself. That's why I was crying. <laughs> you couldn't even please you, know you couldn't please her and you couldn't please yourself. Like, I'm a loser. That... I can't even make myself. <laughs> I was giving myself that dap, that dry-ass palm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was crying now that I think Goodness it was gracious. All right, all right, all right. Well, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with the Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. If you just joined us, it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's Freaky, it's freaky, 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 Friday. freaky Friday. And today's Freaky, Freaky Friday topic or question is phone sex with the Breakfast Club, all right? So let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Mrs. XX. All right, Mrs. XXX, who do you want to have phone sex with this morning? I think I want to have phone sex with Charlamagne. All right, go. Hi, caller. How can I please you? Oh. Hi, caller. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I, would, I would like a, 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 a meat lover's pizza. Wow. No okay, we know you would. You want a meat lover pizza? He wants sausage, mama. Fantasy. He wants Beef sausage, and turkey. all the sausage. Um, light, light cheese, because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, I have all the meat that you need. I'm a 42C with a 14 waist and a big old booty. Got tattoos in all the right places for you to sit on. Damn. Okay, can I get some chicken wings also and an order of um, breadsticks, please? What would you like, breast or thigh? Uh, f- uh, flats. Yeah, <laughs> flats. Well, how about I rub on the misses where I see you your flats? Oh, now there you go. Okay. Um, I don't think I want any dessert, ma'am. Shorty swing my way. <laughs> but I do see that y'all have the 10 mini cinnamon rolls, the Cinnabon mini rolls, or the ultimate Hershey's chocolate chip cookie. You know what? I will You're take You're no fun Hershey's on Freaky Friday, sir. Yeah, goodbye, man. Thank you, mama. Don't, don't you call up here flirting with no old, washed-up, married man. I don't even know how to I don't even know how to do it no more. 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? I'm nervous. Because <laughs> I'm nervous. My anxiety Hello? kicking in. What are you sitting Yo, on? Joe from Newark. Joe, what's up, man? Go ahead. Go, go uh, oh, do phone sex with Charlotte, man. Go ahead, brother. Hey, what's going on, Charlotte, man? You always hiding behind all them waffle-colored Negro jokes. Why don't you go ahead and let it out right now and tell me all the things you want to do to me. Pretend I'm DJing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you gotta go to you gotta you gotta go to him, brother. You gotta go hard on him. You ever been in a Bentley before? You ever been in a Bentley, my brother? Ooh, what you wanna do in that Bentley? Yeah. I ever, ever, ever been in a Bentley? Yeah, Let me tell you something. First of all, first of all, first of all, don't ever don't ever disrespect me and ask talk. me if I've been in a Bentley, cause broke <laughs> don't deserve no bussy. Okay? <laughs> of course I've been in a goddamn Bentley. That's right, you tell him. <laughs> tell him. Tell him all the things you think about doing when you're looking over there at me. I don't even know you. How can I look at you? We're not on Zoom together. <laughs> We're not on Zoom together, but we could be. No, we can. Ooh. Ooh, ask, him if like he drive, ask him if he knows how to drive stick. Yeah, ask him that. You know he do. You know he do. Ain't you from Newark? I thought Newark was Brick City, not <laughs> City. <laughs> Trick City, telling this trick. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Freaky, freaky, freaky Friday. Slick City. You wanted to be today, my brother. I like the fluidity. Yeah, I like the fluidity. Wow, wow, wow. Drop on the food bomb for fluidity. Okay, all right. Let's go to one more. I like this. I like the way this is going. Still rocking back and forth. I'm nervous. That's right, man. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Say. Hey, Say. Who you want to have phone sex with? Angela, I had to do the oh, process of elimination. I like this. Go ahead, go. Okay, Angela, I'm a nurse. We're gonna role play, okay? All right now. Coronavirus test. <laughs> Coronavirus test, right? You go. Positive. Pick it up or no? What? Go. This already sucks. <laughs> this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> you tested positive, so that means you're being naughty. Okay. Boo. Listen, that's not a fun scenario. I tested positive for coronavirus. I'm turned off. Porno ever. You tell you're a nurse. You test positive for coronavirus. You've been naughty. Like I'm like, where are you going with this? You have Which is like better. The guy from Brick City said you know how to drive stick, Charlemagne. He disrespected me because he asked me if I've ever been in a Bentley before. So that means he thinks this pussy is broke. Hello, who's this? Victoria. Hey, hey Victoria, Victoria, who do you want to have phone sex with? I could tell. I want to have phone sex with Charlemagne and I knew Yee. it. <laughs> oh, me and Yee? Yes, I'm going to take that chocolate milk dud head of yours and <laughs> between my legs while <laughs> it's going to melt. <laughs> my <laughs> Right, it sounds like okay, I have the Victoria. least amount of work to do in this scenario. <laughs> so, Victoria, what does it smell like, Victoria? You tell us. It smells wonderful, like flowers. It's gonna smell like milk dud after. <laughs> oh, Victoria, what, let me ask you something. <laughs> what size pants you wear, Victoria? I wear a size seven to a nine. Okay. I'm a nice fit. looking lady. You can check out my right, Instagram. Just making sure my Ooh, milk you know dud head ain't nice. under no ain't under no fupa. No, now, if you no, put that, no if, here, You no should put fupa. that milk dud in the in the other hole. Chocolate oh. for chocolate. There you go. Chocolate girl. for chocolate. There you go. He likes the. He likes eating the chocolate. Double chocolate too. penetration. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Hello. Coming out the other hole, I might be a doo-doo kernel instead of a milk. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a turd. Hello, who's this? Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Phone she sex with the serious. breakfast club. Who you want to have sex with? Or phone sex? Envy. Whoop whoop. My God versus mine. Let's go. Make him sweat. I want to see that goddamn Beijing run down his chin this morning. Let's go. Make him sweat, baby. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Hello. Is anyone there? She hung up. Dramos got Dramos <laughs> got jealous. Dramos got jealous. Dramos got jealous. He did not want nobody flirting with his boo envy. Wow. <laughs> 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 Dramos got jealous. Dramos got jealous. D
Wow, I knew it. She hung Drama. up. Drama. No, let me tell you something. You see what sex with envy is like? She hung up. Wow. That's how terrible it was. Wow. <laughs> got jealous and hung up because you don't want nobody flirting with me. There you go. She hung up. Hello, who's this? Mm-hmm. It's Tim from the D. Okay, now. Tim, have phone sex with Charlamagne. Go, brother. Charlamagne, I want to have phone sex with that for me. Oh, okay. Oh, Go ahead, brother. Really? I'm glad. Really I'm glad you're asking consent. <laughs> I want. You, I want. I just wanted you to take off them saggy Jabot jeans you be wearing. I've been thinking about. That was a long time ago. <laughs> you went yeah, Jabot jeans. You still got. You, you got to get out of Detroit. I seen you on, <laughs> seen you on, on the on, the, on that talk to Tijuana Jack, and you was just looking so fine. Well, man, I wanted you to talk to me. And tell me how I can make your day better. They can take them pants off. I'm going to get my lotion. Okay, oh. you know what I need you to do? Instead of that what lotion, get some Bengay. Bengay? Yeah, put some Bengay on it and baby. rub it. Yes. That's why you don't like pain? Yeah. Oh, you're choking me, baby. All right, I'm going to choke you. You're going to put Bengay all over you. Okay, I'm, I'm putting it on right now. I'm and I'm going to tie you up? Oh, tie me up, baby. Tie me up. Yeah. And then we're gonna go on live. Now make him oh, put his thumbs on live. Oh, no. <laughs> Charlamagne, what you want him live. to do? Now Charlamagne's in the room. <laughs> Don't whisper him. <laughs> I, know, I, I can't perform with a man in the room. Oh my God. Charlamagne said, he wants you to put your thumb butt. I'll put my thumb in as like you. All right, goodbye, man. Goodbye, man. Goodbye, man. <laughs> Let's go to one more, man. Let's man, what the hell is wrong with these people, man? What's wrong with the show? What's wrong with you? What's I hate you. Right. You could have asked him to do anything. This is Charlamagne. He came Tell in the room. Tell me, put the room. Tell me, put the room. No, I was trying. Entered the chat. I was trying to put something together with the Ben Gay, and he had put his thumb there, and then I would have said something like, "Yo, you Ben Gay, Ben Gay," but it didn't get there. All right, well. There's no moral of the story. That was Freaky, Freaky, Freaky Friday. <laughs> Keep it locked. We have more coming up next. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club is back. Back, 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 back. Bring it back. With our best of interviews. interviews. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlotte Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have some special guests on the line today. That's right. Harry Champion and Jamel Hill. Welcome, ladies. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So, Jamel, is it ironic that you have this show now, Stick to Sports with Carrie? And just three years ago, you were tweeting out about how Donald Trump is a white supremacist and he's supported by white supremacists. It was an issue then, but now look at where we are. Well, the the the, the title of the show is is more ironic than anything. And I think Carrie put it best is that this is really kind of a middle finger to a lot of the people that not only tried to silence athletes who wanted to use their voice and their platform to bring awareness to various issues from Colin Kaepernick to LeBron James. Yeah. Um, but also to us, I mean, we were pretty high profile people at ESPN. You guys obviously are familiar with what I went through. Uh, Carrie went through similar um, struggles, especially internally at ESPN. Um, so this is to all those people who try to, you know, just silence black people period this is like your 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 whole stick to sports campaign didn't work and now we're at a point where sticking to sports is not even optional and so it just goes to kind of show you that 
despite sometimes a lot of backlash you may receive, controversies or, or what have you, that ultimately the side of right will prevail, even if it's a slow climb to, um, you know, to that, to, to things being prevailed on that end. So like, uh, so for us, this is really just kind of a, you know, a big fuck you. It's, it's, a, it's all good. <laughs> Don't you think somebody at ESPN owes you an apology though? Because they literally didn't want you to talk about issues revolving around social justice. And that's pretty much all they talk about now. But I mean, I got the best of, of apology there is. It's called a check. It just seems very hypocritical at ESPN because, you know, I'd be seeing them now. Like, they'd be having having our good sister Angela Rye on ESPN. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. One day and I was like, what, what, wow. what, what matter is this? Exactly. Wow. So I just think that's kind of, I think that's very hypocritical at ESPN, personally. Yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 they are hypocrites. Yeah, I mean it's it's look it's it's an uncomfortable time for a lot of these com- uh, companies. It's not just ESPN; they have had reckonings that have happened inside the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of you know we both still have friends at ESPN. There's been a lot of conversations inside the building about you know they need to be much like many of the others in, in corporate media and just corporations. Period. Before they need to, you know, putting out these little pretty ass statements is one thing, but like, can you address what's happening inside of your building? Can you address the fact that you have a very uh, a low number of, um, you know, uh, black decision makers in key positions? That's the stuff that they have to deal with. So before you put out any statements and put out any specials, deal with that part of your business. And I think ESPN is just in a in a long line of people having to yeah, face that are doing that. Yeah, that are doing that and having yeah. to face that internal reckoning. You look at, you know, some people that say, you know, hey, I get politics all day long and when I want to watch sports, I just want to watch sports. And then you give some people that say, no, I want politics to be part of sports because it all matters. So how do you play that line to decide how far you go when you're talking about politics and sports? I think that our, our show, Sick Sports, is a little bit of everything. I just, you know what, I hate that, I hate the idea, the premise that sports and politics do not integrate because they do. They intersect and they've intersected since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfortunate that we've lied to America or people have believed the lie, more importantly, that the two don't intersect. People who say stick to politics only want to hear about it when it's not favorable in whatever they believe. So if Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for cancer, we wouldn't even be here today. This wouldn't even be a conversation. But kudos to LeBron because LeBron is very aware of the fact that they just want him to be a player, right? But he's like, because I am arguably the, the greatest, the biggest athlete of all time, that's a whole nother debate, I'm going to make sure that I put my name in this conversation. I, I love LeBron's activism, but do you think that he's even more intentional about his activism because he knows that's what separates him from MJ, being that he knows he'll probably never catch MJ on the court? That's um, such a hater question. That's not a hater question! That is, that is a hater question. Uh, there was no hate right in that question at all. Actually, you know what, Charlemagne, you're asking it, you should be asking it in the inverse. Is Michael Jordan being more intentionally socially aware? Because whenever we start that player debate about who's better, LeBron or Jordan, yeah. one of the things people always bring up is, well, maybe he isn't as equal to Michael Jordan as a player, but he's a better humanitarian. And my two cents is that I think it's Michael Jordan understanding through LeBron that this is something that he's got to 
rectify when it comes to his perception because that's the most negative thing people say about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, Jamal, talk about this encounter that you had with Michael Jordan. Expand on that. <laughs> See, I didn't roll up on Michael Jordan. What happened was <laughs> he actually spotted Carrie. This is a few years ago at NBA All-Star Weekend in Toronto. And, um, you know, we snuck into his party. Like, we went on the list. And, and Carrie, I don't know if you remember this. The person no, no, no. I'm pretty sure that we snuck in with, because we did that whole... Was it Draymond? No, I think it was Paul George. Oh, okay. <laughs> I snuck in with Lala. I snuck in with Lala. Lala walked in, and I, I'm moving right with Lala. But go ahead. See what I'm saying? Like, that's how you do it, right? That's that, like, that's that... They put their hand up in front of Envy, like, okay, sir. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you already know when you women, you, you it's much yeah. easier for you to do. They're like, all right, whatever. So we go to the, the VIP VIP where I think Drake was DJing. And yep. everybody's in there. It's like, you know, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and D-Wade and, you know, all the people. And uh, Michael Hello, Jordan. Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yep, all of those. And Jordan was in there. And so he stopped caring because he recognized her. But mind you, all night long, at that time, it wasn't cool to be friends with people in the media. Jamel was on his and hers, and I was on first take. And you have to realize, uh, I had just a first take. A lot of the players didn't like what people on first take had to say. They didn't like his and hers because it was all about opinion. So you have to understand, no one was really talking to us in that party. So, Jamel, pick up the story from there. Ask so, me of course, you know, y'all know my background. I'm from Detroit. I grew up a really big Pistons fans. Uh, and there are certain things that Detroiters would never let go. Number one on that list is Isaiah not being on the dream team. So, oh, Lord. So absolutely. I was like, I just, you know, he's talking, he's saying all this great basketball stuff, talking about how if there was any player in the league that he would pay to see, it was Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just having a basketball conversation. And I was like, you know what? For all of Detroit, for the 313, I got to ask this question. I was like, why did you hold? I, I was like, why did you keep Isaiah off the 92 dream team? I just straight up asked him. I was like, dude, that was wrong. He should have been on the dream team. And he just looked, yeah, and he just looked at me dead in my face, and he was like, nobody wanted Isaiah on that team. But they no, back. no lies. He said <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. Wait, no, that's what I was about to say. He said they can make me the bad guy, but nobody wanted him on that team. That's what he said. And I was just that like, true. really? You just going to hurt my feelings right in this beautiful party? <laughs> How do you feel about Carrie? Because Carrie said nobody likes Isaiah Thomas. I know, but Carrie, is okay for Carrie to be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have more with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion in the building. Yee. I want to ask you a question just off topic for a second. We were talking about Kamala Harris and how they talk about, oh, you know, they're bringing up, she slept with this person and that's how she got here as women in this industry because we were all talking about this as a topic, how you get accused of things just because people are jealous, you got into a position and people just throw anything out there. So has that happened to you ladies in your career where people have accused you of things just because you're in the position that you're in? Yes, and Angela, you can relate to this. I, I don't believe that it's fair because here's the low-hanging fruit. If you are somewhat attractive, if you interview somebody, you get an exclusive, you them. It's never about your resume and what you've been able to do. When I first got to ESPN, I use this as an example, and I had always experienced this my entire career, but when I first got to ESPN, Jamel, I don't know if you guys know this, Jamel was supposed to get the host job, or that's what the streets thought. 
and we were both up for it. So the way society likes to pin two, two black women against one another, and you think there can only be one, so you don't fool with other black women. Like you grow up thinking that, which is simple, and thank God Jay didn't have that mentality. So when I got the job and she didn't, I used to hear all this stuff about what I did to get the job and, and that's why she didn't get it and why, why she didn't get you know, all this nonsense. So Jay had reached out to me and sent me an email and when I didn't respond, she thought I wasn't fooling with her. It was because I didn't know, like she said, I'm not tech savvy. I didn't know how to work the email. <laughs> so I will, I'll own that. I'll own that. <laughs> but she went out of her way to, to make sure that this narrative that two black women could live in the same space. You guys know what they did to Kamala and I'll, and I'll, I'll liken it to that. Like, why were they, all these black women who were, who could have been VP candidates, they're comparing them. Like she's this, that one's that. They didn't do that with white women. That's just unfair. And we buy into that as black folks. We buy into the narrative that there could only be one. And that is not true. We, we all can eat. And I, and, I, and I thank her because that was my thought process. I thank Jay for not, not doing that. So we finally get together and have dinner. And I remember thinking, I'm going in here. This girl about to talk shit. I'm not going to be her friend. She's going to be so jealous. She's going to be A, B, C, and D. And I was right about all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I was clear. You got over it, though. <laughs> I got over it. it you talking shit, Angela. And it was, and I didn't want to be bothered. But I was like, fine, I'll with her. Well, okay, tell your version of it, Jay. So what had happened was, is that I, <laughs> I did come on too strong from this regard. I was never jealous. I was very excited that Carrie got this sure. job because you know, you guys know what a big show first take is and to put a black woman, you know, in the middle of two big personalities at the time of Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, that's a huge opportunity for a woman in, in this business, a black woman in this business. So to me, that was the win. However, what I did um, make the mistake of is that I had six years of equity at ESPN, six years of time. So I'd seen a lot of things. And so sometimes, especially when you're starting a new job, you need to let people experience things on their own. And then if they want to bring you into what they're experiencing, then that's cool. I just told her from the jump because I had heard the way they talked about this particular job and what was said behind closed doors was that, look, they are intent on having somebody who's seen and not heard. So you need to be careful about that. And, you know, I was just letting her know where the pockets of racism were. Like, I just gave her the whole full rundown, which, again, she's just starting this job. She didn't need to hear all that. You know, right. like, I didn't need to. I felt like in some ways, you know, looking back on it, I was kind of getting on her moment by telling her all the traps that she had to look out for. I should have maybe gave her, given her some of it but not like all of it. Everything she said was right. None of it was wrong. It wasn't the timing, though. All of it was correct. And whenever we found ourselves in moments, i.e. me found myself in a moment where I was just completely feeling disrespected, she would, she would, you know, jump online and fire up a couple of tweets or have my back in whatever way. So much so to the point that, you know, one of those guys sitting on the desk used to email her and tell her she wasn't right. Got mad at her. Was like, why are you taking and, up the and hasn't spoken to me since. Wow. Yeah. Hold on. He used to, he had he, my back. He, he, he used to text you and say that? Or email you? No, he emailed her. He gave her a two-page email to tell her why she ain't <laughs> Because you were defending another black woman? Yeah, I mean, uh -huh. it, it happened when, you know, because uh, when a lot of times when things happen on that desk, it's like Carrie will wind up taking the taking the fall for it, but no reason, no reason whatsoever. And this was during um, when Stephen A. Smith got into trouble for what he said about domestic violence. 
And the thing I tweeted was that I felt like part of the reason some of those conversations on first take exploded into controversy is because they didn't give Carrie enough of a voice. And here you are talking about domestic violence and, you know, um, with Carrie not being empowered to add to the conversation, it made it harsher than it was. And so I expressed that, like, maybe y'all wouldn't be in this situation if the woman that's on the desk, you actually empowered her to use her voice to speak in situations like this. And so, I mean, look, it's only two people. I don't mind saying who it is. I mean, Skip doesn't really fuck with me. So, um, you know, he was- sent her a two-page email, went off on him. Email. Her. He told her, essentially, he made her, and she, yes. and he tra- she yes. traded on him. He claimed, <laughs> what? Yeah, he claimed credit, because I'll, I'll say yeah. this, uh, to be, I'm just being just fair about the situation, is like when I first started doing, you know, First Take, it was Cold Pizza then. And, um, you know, Skip was somebody whose opinion about this business and industry, I really respected. I mean, he did take me under his wing in a lot of ways and taught me about television because that's not something that I was really familiar with coming from a print background. So we had a very good relationship. And so when I did that, when I spoke up on Carrie's behalf, um, you know, about that situation, he was put out. And so he sent me a very long email saying he felt betrayed and he was on some, I made you type of thing. And, um, you know, we have never, we haven't talked since. But that's when our friendship really came into play. Like she just had my back no matter what behind the scenes, tweet here and there. All that means, all that did was speak volumes to how she respected me. And as a result, I think people started to see that we were really friends and they weren't doing the comparison thing. Fast forward to when she gets in trouble, everybody's silent. Everybody's singing her praises for years. Got her back, love her, everybody her homie. Nobody was publicly, not nobody, there were a handful of people, but all those people who loved her and talked about how great and mighty she was, they were just silent. I'm tweeting, I'm saying whatever, like just saying, right? Like I'm hurt, like hurt. I'm calling her at 5 a.m. I'm like, girl, how you doing? She's like, you know, unbothered, but probably upset. <laughs> and I legit, like, this is the craziness. She was like, I'm gonna have to control Carrie's tweet. My tweets were like, Fuck you, Donald. They were just like, that should be right. And then when it's all said and done, if they had to do it over again, I, I guarantee they would defend her they would have her back because she was ahead of her time and she was on the right side of it. All right, we have more with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion in the building. Charlamagne? Hey, Jamel, I wonder, right, how would you handle an email like the one you got from Skip Bayless now? Um, would you air him out publicly? Like, what would you do? No, I wouldn't air my publicly. Like, um, it would be, I mean, this is the first time I've ever even talked about that. Like, most people don't even know that that happened. Um, And this is not me airing it it out. It's just, like, the truth of what it was is that um, it, you know, now I'd probably pick up the phone, and it probably would be a lot of cuss words involved. And um, What cuss words would they be? (laughs) Would one start with the M and end with the A? Yeah. And and my, you know, my thing with with him was that... um, you know, I, I felt like that the, where our relationship was is that you could have called me like, and we could have had that conversation face to face. And, um, you know, beyond this, that it's just the entitlement of thinking that he made me <laughs> It was just like, Oh, slow down. Now. Like I'm grateful for how you showed me the ropes and, and grateful that I was able to be on a show like first take to expand 
you know, my profile and to, to really, um, you know, kind of raise uh, the awareness of who I was. I mean, it was all a part of a, a, con- of, of a concoction of things that led to me getting um, the show with Mike, his and hers. Yeah. But, you know, like, let's not you know let's just calm down on the patriarchy real fast you know what I'm saying yeah granted you know being at ESPN of course when you're dealing with somebody of his profile you have to be careful with with how you check people because it's a lot of people in there and I had another situation um uh I'm gonna say that one for my book so I ain't gonna say <laughs> no 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 I, I want to I want to bring it out in the breakfast club let no me, no me. don't tell him would, would y'all have Skip Bayless on the show to address it like with hell you? yeah we would he would never do it but hell yeah we never would never do it <laughs> Skip is I would look but let's say this the same way that she speaks in favor of Skip I will say this he's an incredibly complicated human as most people who are successful in any industry they are there's a side of them that's very generous and loving and caring and then there's a side of them that's very competitive and lethal and sometimes sometimes those two get mixed up like I y'all know like y'all work together y'all know how this looks Come on, that ain't brand new. What do you think Stick to Sports will do for women in sports and, and black women in journalism in general? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I think the, the beauty of us having this show, I mean, of course, people need to see that it's possible. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. secondly, I think the way we're doing it is really important to point out is that we're executive producers on this show. Uh, this is about this show is truly built around us. So one piece of it is to get on TV. And as you guys know, another piece of it is to own a portion of what you're doing. And so um, that ownership component is key because look, Carrie and I both suffering from a little bit of PTSD from our time at ESPN, okay? (laughs) And we were in a situation where, um, you know, working for such a huge platform is that you have very little ownership of what you do. And um, we both reached this point in our careers where we want to work with people and not necessarily for people. So this is a true... Uh, collaboration and, and you know not only that is that uh, it's certain things especially now in this time in our country you know we have a black woman who is you know the vice presidential nominee um, black women are the most educated group uh, in the country they're the only racial ethnic group that owns more businesses than their male counterparts in that racial ethnic group so this is a time where a lot of black women are seizing their power and I hope through us that they can see that they don't have to wait for somebody to acknowledge them. They don't have to wait for somebody to quote unquote, give them an opportunity. It's the time to seize your power at the level you are at. Who came up with the uh, the petty name stick to sports? Cause that's a nice little jab at ESPN. It was not a jab at, at ESPN, but like, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause like we, we had to, when the original press release dropped, that had, uh, that we were doing this show together, we had a name in there that we just kind of came up with just to, fit into the press release, but Seek the Stores was going to be a segment in the show, regardless of what it was named. Mm-hmm. And then the more that it circulated around uh, the company advice, the more that Carrie and I talked about it, the more we talked about it with our production staff, it was like, oh, I think that's the name of the show. So we just kind of arrived at it uh, from that standpoint. I feel like this would be my favorite sports show to watch, so I'm excited. So congratulations. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank Although, you. I tell people, it's, I, you know, it's not a sports show. I mean, we are we are delving into a lot of different areas. Now, granted, right. but the core of it is probably sports, and there's so much around that that you can 
break off into also, right? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about pop culture, politics, news, especially with an election coming up. You know, we have a lot to discuss there. One of the reasons we had, you know, Cori uh, Bush on the show is like, we didn't talk to Cori Bush about sports. We talked to her about like, what she's trying to accomplish in her story. I mean, and even with LeBron, the majority of that conversation was not about sports. When we do touch on sports, it will be from a 10,000 foot view and talking about those messy intersections with race, gender, politics, culture in that particular way. I heard y'all did an interview with Bossop and y'all gave Jason Whitlock and Save Steel some smoke. <laughs> Damn, Charlamagne, who is your sources? What you saying? Yeah. I, I don't know if we, I call it professional ether. We don't know if we gave smoke. We, <laughs> we, we went out of our, we have gone out of our way actually to not acknowledge other people when they come for us. And that is, that should be considered grace and mercy. Um, you know, I think there is, there was, there is a professional level of respect that I give to basically any black woman in this business who gets right. to every point, because I know how hard it is to do that. What I don't like is that when I see some of those same women who in front of everybody else, they're presenting this picture of solidarity, but behind closed doors, they're Ooh, doing working against possible you. to undermine Ooh. the progress of other women. And so I, that's what I t- take an issue with. Like Carrie said, this is not about anybody's politics with these two people in particular. It's about the character of who they are that I think... Yeah we all question. There's a reason why they have a certain reputation in this business. That's all I got to say. There you go. Is it dangerous for you, though, Jamel? Because we, we saw, I saw uh, D.L. Hughley got into a situation yesterday. Do people run up on you, too, like Trump supporters? No, I've never had that. And I, this is where, and I, I'm glad you asked that, that question, Charlamagne, because this is where I remind people um, who might think about it, is that my husband is a legal gun owner. And that's all I can say. You can try it if you want to. I'm also from Detroit, and I wasn't always at ESPN. So <laughs> you can get all the smoke that you asked for. <laughs> so, but I've never had that, um, thankfully. I tell Carrie this all the time, but I'm so proud of y'all because it took a lot of to walk away from ESPN. Like, there's so many people who will not walk away from the mighty ESPN. They think ESPN is their whole existence is to end all, be all. So for you two to step off the boat so you can walk on water is to be applauded because folks be scared to to step away. And it says that you both know your power, and and I respect that a lot. Well, thank you. Um, We are Andy Dufresne and Red. uh, (laughs) Real quick before we leave, I just want to congratulate you Hall of Famers. Such a... It's an honor to be in the presence Thank of you. radio elite, radio royalty. Yeah, I mean, it, it's understated what you guys have done for the culture and just in general to have the longevity and the success. Like, I, just all the kudos to you guys because that's a tremendous honor that most of us never get to sniff. So. Thank you. Congratulations. All right, that was Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. All right, keep it locked. We'll be back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donkey of the day. Donkeys of the day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes. Donkey of the day goes to CNN's chief legal analyst, Jeff Tubin. Jeff Tubin is also a renowned reporter for The New Yorker. Jeff Tubin is 60 years old, and he's been suspended 
by the New Yorker, and he's asked for some time off from CNN uh, after doing this. Let's go to Fox News with Sean Hannity for the report, please. An unsettling incident involving CNN's chief legal analyst now off the air for allegedly pleasuring himself on a Zoom video call. Jeffrey Tubin, who's also a staff writer for The New Yorker, was suspended by the magazine for masturbating during the call last week with other New Yorker employees and WNYC radio staff watching, according to Vice <coughs> News, which reports the incident came during a drill for election coverage. Vice says when the groups returned from their breakout rooms, Tubin lowered the camera. The people on the call said they could see Tubin touching himself. Tubin then left the call. Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware of what his colleagues had been able to see. <laughs> New Yorker magazine told Fox News Jeffrey Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the matter. And in a statement to Motherboard, Tubin said, quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I blame Zoom calls, bro. Zoom calls are mentally and emotionally exhausting. Zoom calls are stressful as hell and scratching Yoda behind the, the ears, tossing a, a little egg salad, lowers blood pressure in stressful situations. Now, I'm not making any excuses for Jeff Tubin. What he did was unprofessional and totally out of line. But one out of five Americans has an anger management problem. And Zoom calls make us all angry, okay? I have to do things to mentally, emotionally prepare myself for Zoom calls now. Personally, I would have seasoned my meatloaf before I got on the Zoom, but not on the Zoom. Okay, like I don't have a, a, a problem giving myself a helping hand. Okay, you have to discover your own potential at times, but not on a business Zoom call. Okay, I don't think any of us, male or female, can dispute the relaxing effects of turning on the sprinklers. Okay, sometimes you got to find those clues with Fred and Daphne and make Scooby do what it do. Okay, listen to me. Masturbation fights depression. All right, back-to-back -back Zoom calls are depressing. Sometimes you got to box the one-eye champ to release that dopamine, to have the energy and strength to make it through a Zoom call. But Jeff, not like this. Okay, you can't have a menage a moi on the Zoom, all right? Jeff, I have no problem what you make in Pearl Jam, but it's a time and a place for everything, okay? And, and the Zoom on a business call is not the place. And why does your name, your last name, why does your last name sound like a, a euphemism for masturbation? Tubin? Tubin sounds like something you would use to describe shaking hands with the milkman on the Zoom. And I'm sure during this pandemic, when people had to socially distance from their cut buddies, all those summer flings that didn't happen, you were away from your side chicks, I'm sure they were replaced with people playing five-on-one for some warm custard. But what do you call that? Okay, what do you call masturbation on the Zoom? The answer is Jeff's last name, Tubin. Okay, masturbating on Zoom calls should absolutely be called tubing from here on out. All right, tubing your meat on Zoom. Okay, tubing the purple-headed yogurt slinger on Zoom. Okay, tubing the mayonnaise river on Zoom. Tubing the hand pumping on Zoom. Listen, a lot of y'all judging Jeff for tubing on Zoom, but you too have met the goop man at midnight on Zoom. All right, just not during... Uh, a, a business call. All right, now back in November of 2019, Jeff Tubin was reacting to a New York Times report that Trump was briefed on the whistleblower complaint before releasing military aid to U Ukraine. And, and Jeff's reaction to Trump is our reaction currently to him now. He got caught. Simple. Yes, he did get caught. Tubin for tartar sauce on Zoom. Please give Jeff Tubin the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are oh, the donkey. donkey. Mm. Oh, 
I let the record show, um, Angela, you because you're not in studio. Somebody mm-hmm. in this room, all right? Mind you, it's five men in here. Somebody in this room <laughs> earlier... That's like a party for you. Earlier said, what's wrong with that? <laughs> when I was discussing this story. Whoa. When I was just throwing it Who around the that? room. <laughs> I'm not... I, I, I that, that person didn't Which say, person? what's wrong with that? What did he say? <laughs> he says, the suspension... Might be a little too far now. Let me explain I why. I hear that part. Let me explain why. All I so heard was what's wrong with that. Because he did. Explaining he, for this person. I'm just saying because how do we know it wasn't on accident? He he, <laughs> he took a break from his Zoom call. He didn't know the camera was on. It's not like he was stroking his one eye monster live for people on Zoom. Say watch this, watch this, watch this. He might have paused it, or he might have thought he was off for a second because he probably closed his laptop a little bit and said, "Hey, let me handle the one eye monster." Then I get back There's to this absolutely meeting. Absolutely no reason to be well, tubing for tartar don't... sauce on a business Zoom call. Mm. We also don't know if he did it on purpose or by accident. No. How do you how do you not Only he knows that on purpose? Only he knows that How do you, for people to see. First of all, what do you mean? When you say not on purpose, you mean <laughs> masturbating? No, I mean for people to see. He might have done that. You know, some people oh, are exhibitionists. I don't, well, some people I get don't turned know. on by people watching them. But let's say it was an accident. Let's say he really just thought he was, you know, pu- you know, pushing the camera away from his junk and wanted to get a little one-eyed monster going before the next Zoom call. Can you, know you stop how- saying one-eyed monster? Listen, what, do you, what do you want me to call it? He was buffing the what? vampire slayer, bro. You, you can't. Okay, it's a penis. You, can't, you can say penis. You can't say buffing the vampire Penis you sounds way that. better. But you can't stroke. Sounds way better. You can stroke the one I mentioned. He was shuffling his iPod. Our producer just came in here to wrap up. The moral of the story is this, though. I think that this has been a common occurrence during the pandemic. I think it's a lot more people who have been, um, you know, scrambling. Zoom accidents? Yeah, scrangling their cyclops on Zoom. We're going to call it tubing from now on. I think it's a lot of tubing going on. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God here, and I just want to wish a Merry Christmas to all my credit card scammers out there. This the season to find you a scammer friend so you can save some money in any major department store in America. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line. He's been here before, the brother Dion Taylor. Welcome back, brother. Man, what's happening, man? Good morning. Good morning. You are, hey, hey, Dion, you are a thriller-making mother. You hear me? <laughs> you got the new film out right now. It seemed like it's another thriller. Yeah, it's a thriller, man. But you know what? I, How? I love. How? I love trying to make the films, man, that have you know that obviously are thrillers, but they have a great message inside of them. <clears throat> Just like Black and Blue, I feel like. Fatal is like on the same level in terms of like having messaging inside of the film. Wait, what do you enjoy most about thrillers, directing thrillers? Um, I love audiences, man. So thrillers and, and horror sometimes, you know, really, really come off better for me because I love entertaining people. You know, when I was younger, man, going to the movies, you know, movies always acted as escapism for me. So you got all kind of, you ain't got no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? You living in the projects like I was when I was younger. You know, being able to go to the movies, man, you you expect that film to, to transport you somewhere else. So as I got older and became a filmmaker, I always wanted to make movies that just entertain. But also with my activism, I figured out a world that on top of the entertainment, if I could put a message inside of that entertainment, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a filmmaker. 
How do you judge how a movie does now? Because there's so many theaters closed. It's, it's so difficult to show movies. I mean, I don't even know how you even finish this movie up with the pandemic. So how do you judge how successful a movie does now? Uh, you know what? It's a lot of people slipping through the cracks, <laughs> you know, because they know you can't really test no more. You can't really see like, oh, man, that movie did this. And then streaming is a whole nother world now. You know, you could put something on streaming and, and no one knows how it does. But them, you know what I mean? Uh, fortunately for me, man, I'm, I'm, you know, our film Fatal, which comes out December 18th, it is going to theaters everywhere the theaters are open. Uh, so right now there are plenty of markets that are still open. But AMC and a few other outlets are doing a great job. They have this thing called uh, amctheaters.com where you can go there and basically rent out a whole theater for you, your friends, and your family. And then they got low-capacity stuff that they're doing. So we're buying one, get one free ticket. And um, look, man, I, I, I just know what I know, which is I love films in the theater. Um, shortly after that, I'm sure the movie's going to, you know, transition to a world where people can get it at home. But the theater experience, man, ain't nothing like it. And we got to be careful too, man, as African-American filmmakers. It took us it took us a long time to get our movies in the theater. A long time. Y'all don't remember it only a couple years ago that people like Will Packer and Tyler Perry, a few other people broke that door down where we could get these movies out consistently. And now we're in a position where if we all of a sudden just start taking everything we got to streaming, when they open them doors back up, <laughs> we don't want to be back in the straight-to-DVD box. Right. That's real. I was going to say, I was going to ask you that. I see a lot of movies are going straight to streaming. I was going to say, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, now people are like, after movie theaters, we just go straight to streaming and not have to worry about it. DJ Envy, you just said everything, man. I'm watching that because I know as an independent filmmaker, man, doing this last year was, you know, obviously an incredible year for me and, and our team here independently. We released... Black and Blue and The Intruder in one year, both theatrically. But prior to that, man, it took me almost 10 years to get a movie in the theater. You know, where they trying to put you in this or doing a day and date type thing. So now as I look at the landscape, I'm going like, damn, man, I hope we don't go for that where all of a sudden now, the next eight months, we like streaming, streaming, streaming. Then all of a sudden the theaters open back up and we don't have no you know, we don't have no films that's hitting the theater. So we got to be very mindful of that, man. So don't worry, I'm out here. <laughs> that's my job. Make sure we go to the theaters. Now, 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 did the pandemic, Dion, how did it how did it impact the production of this film? Because I saw you on Instagram, y'all had the mask on and social distancing. I'm like, how was how that how that happen? So I shot this film, <clears throat> Fatal, right before the pandemic, but then we shot during the pandemic. Um, it's interesting, man. We were the first film to be shot in the U.S. during the pandemic. And uh, obviously, because we're a 100% Black-owned production company, man, we were we were out there grinding. That film is called Don't Fear, which stars uh, Tyrese and Joseph Sikora. Mm -hmm. Terrence J is in it. Uh, that was a really dope horror film. You know what? T.I. too, right? T.I., yeah. After a couple of months, man, I just kind of got, you know, a little bit like, man, how do we get out here and get, get working, man? I always feel like, the energy is don't allow the moment to control you, control the moment. And uh, just like you guys are doing right now, man, you got to figure out a way to get through this. Otherwise, man, you sit you sit back, you're scared, you know, so that's why we called that film Don't Fear. But Fatal, which is coming out December 18th, we shot that a little bit right before the pandemic. Now, this is, this is the big story about Fatal. It was going to be my first ever summer release. And... Um, <laughs> you know, if you're a filmmaker, you want a movie to come out in the summer. Like, that's what you're fighting for. 
And uh, the pandemic hit, man. I just remember watching the NBA game and being like, yeah, what you mean the game is canceled? And then everything else just went with it. Wow. You know, you and Michael Ealy work together a lot. Y'all getting y'all Will Packer, Kevin Hart, Spike Lee, Denzel on. What? Why y'all got so much chemistry? I think Ely is dope, man. I think he's underrated. Um, also, I, I, you know, people don't realize, you know, Ely is a great box office draw as well. Everything he's done is successful. Uh, people go see him. But more importantly, when I had an opportunity to work with two-time Academy Award winner Hillary Swank, I was trying to think of who from the culture could I put her with that we've never seen or that, that would be, you know, a little bit different for a film. And Ely was the choice, man. I had just finished The Intruder with him. That film had opened number two in the world. The reviews were great. People loved seeing him in, in this complex type of role, different from what he, you know, the perfect guy and other things he had did. And, uh, man, I, I I didn't miss with this one. Ely is incredible. I mean, opposite her, you know, we wanted to put a film on a platform that could be considered like a Gone Girl or a true fatal attraction, if that makes sense. Something on the level where the performances are through the roof, the cinematography is through the roof, and it's complex. So what you see in the trailer is not what the film is about. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think he delivered on every level, man. And Hillary and him together, few times, you know, on set, I had to be like, yo, this is it's incredible to see. You thought they was going to actually sleep with each other or something? <laughs> a couple times. No, no, no. They, 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 no, they were always professional, man. But when, they, when actors lock in in film, <clears throat> if you're doing it right, you know, it's, it's, the chemistry is always going to be through the roof. You know what I mean? So they had some very hot, crazy, you know, sex scenes. They had some very crazy, intimate moments. But then, it's, you know, it's a thin line between love and hate, and that's what the film explores. All right, we got more with Deion Taylor. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Deion Taylor. Now, with, with everything that's going on in the world, we see a lot of companies having a black initiative now, and they're doing stuff for black people and giving this. Uh, are we seeing the same thing with Hollywood? Is Hollywood opening the door a little bit more and say, you know what, let's let's get a black initiative? Yeah, man, I think y'all know that. Y'all in the entertainment business, man, you guys see what's happening and, and how it's moving. I think it, it's only a matter of time for, the, to, for this to have happened. But, yeah, man, we're seeing a lot of companies step out, you know, speak to the black audience, uh, push forth, you know, black men and women into the space. And I think that's great, man. What I'm, what I'm really out here fighting for is ownership, though. I think it's one thing to have a job or somebody to validate you or give you a chance, but I also think it's more important for us to be able to own and control who we are in our own brands. And uh, what we represent here at Hidden Empire with the intruder, traffic, meet the blacks, fatal, we own these films outright. So now what I'm doing is knocking on the door at Hollywood and saying, yo, allow me to keep distributing while also being an owner. And that's very unique and different. Uh, I can only name a couple of people that own their content. And uh, I just want to be one of those people that can keep doing that. So I'm hoping that the market changes to where we get more people doing that. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, Envy and Charlemagne, like we got to create libraries. If we don't have no libraries, then, then all we're going to be doing is repeating the same thing over and over again. It's interesting when I go to Hollywood now and I see a movie and I'm like, yo, man, I would love to remake that or rebuild that. I got to go to them for that. Do you know what I mean? So hopefully in the next 10 years, we have a world where my son and my daughter, they want to go remake 
Fatal or remake The Intruder. Like, you know, it's dead in the office. Like, go and do it. You know what I mean? Period. Yeah, it's not too many that own the content outright. Like, I know you, Tyler Perry. I don't even know who else in the film world. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either, man. But I mean, that's what makes it. But look, it, it's it's hard to do this, you know. Like, you know, you look at the the product now. Where you like, damn, look at Fatal with Hillary and Michael Ealy <clears throat> and Tyron Turner, and look at the Intruder, and look at Black and Blue, and you look at all this stuff. But, bro, I was, you know, I was putting thirty five cent in my gas tank, you know, eight years ago, sleeping on somebody's couch, hoping I could, you know, get a meeting with someone. And, um, but it was all of those no's that allowed me to tell myself yes and get out here and to push, you know what I mean? And push and push. And then when, when the yes started to come, I didn't want those yeses anymore because I was building something else. So it's hard, man. But I think there's a lot of people out here that have amazing ideas, amazing TV ideas. And I'm just saying, pursue it, give them one, but then give yourself two. You know what I mean? That's right. You know, uh, um, a lot of actors, right? Like, it's hard for them to shake the characters of the role they played, especially when they're doing these thrillers. Do do you do you take your work home as a director? Because you're the one that really got to live with every emotion in this film. <laughs> yeah, always, man. I think um, if you're not doing that, then you're not a real artist. Um, part of what I try to present in every film is the ability to overcome something. You know, black and blue, Naomi Harris, she had to overcome racism and corruption you know if you think about traffic paula Patton had to you know get through that world and fatal was no different without me giving away what fatal is about yes it's an erotic thriller yes it's a noir thriller but what michael ely's gonna go through in this film is is true to form man like it's it's a reality that we actually live in now so people are like oh man it looks like uh obsessed and I'm like nah that ain't it <laughs> you know what I mean this is this is a completely different animal and it deals with some real things that we're going through in life and uh, he has to figure it out so I love projects that put you in a world that you have to overcome something and yeah you take that home every night man because we overcome it right now we're trying to figure out how to do the breakfast club with social distancing and I'm on an iPad at home. You know what I mean? So we got to be keep figuring it out. I hate it. It sucks. But, you know, I, I got to do this for you because, you know, I, I want to see you do good. When Dion does good, we all do good. And Dion gives so many black people opportunities, man. It's like, yeah, we got to support Hidden Empire. Man, I, I appreciate you, see. And, and I'm, I, you know, while we're on the air, man, I just want to tell you thank you. Envy, you thank you. Charlamagne, you, you especially, man, there's been, you know, obviously, you know, activism is a big part of my life. Uh, working with Robert Smith. Um, I've just been blessed to know you, man, and to have you. And for people that's out there that's listening to this show, it's important you guys know the same thing that this dude is talking, he walks it. <laughs> I've been there on the ground, man, where we've been, you know, marching and, and putting forth efforts behind the scenes and you picking up the phone at 4 o'clock in the morning, your time, 5 o'clock in the morning, and putting people together. So I want to just tell you, man, thank you for that, man, because... It's a lot of people that I like to call imposters. Those are people that are online, on shows, that talk a good game, <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they're not doing anything, and you're one of those people that are actually really doing it, you know? I mean, and so I'm going to tell you thank you for that, man. Like, when we did Be Woke Vote, um, we ended up registering almost 800,000 people over five and a half months. Right. And you were, very, you were very instrumental in helping us, giving us a voice, tapping in, 
I mean, we've done numerous PSAs, and I've been able to give you no money for nothing. And uh, I just want to tell you thank you for that, man. It's not about the money, though. It's about us moving forward as a community and as a culture. That's what it's about. Period. Period. And then we, when uh, DJ Envy, man, when we gonna get? When you getting going, man? Like, I mean, you done became the the sexiest radio host in the world, man. When 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 the show's coming <laughs> back, man? What's gonna happen, man? What's going on? I mean, we got we got a lot of stuff in the play. You know, we do a, a real estate show where we teach people how to get in the real estate game and and how to get in it the proper way. Uh, so that's the main thing, and also family. Like you know, growing up, the only thing that I seen his family was concerned was the Cosby Show. That's and right. For myself, my mother wasn't a, a lawyer, my father wasn't a doctor, so I couldn't relate. So the fact that you know people can actually turn on and say, "Damn, he's he's from the same place that I am," and and he that's did right. it the right way. Yeah, he made mistakes, he had problems, but. He still be able to show love to his wife and show love to his kids. But my whole thing is, is is financial freedom and generational wealth. You know, like I said, I didn't know anything about buying a house or, or investing. My parents didn't know. I was the first person in my family to go to college. So my whole my whole thing is if I can teach my community how to do it and not get them, not charge them $10,000, but really teach them the explanation and, and, and show them this is why you need good credit and this guy can help you with your credit. And this is where you get, you know, loans from and what a, a hard money loan is, what a conventional loan is. And those are the things that we need to talk more about. And that's why I'm so big yes. on it because, you know, my first house I bought, my interest rate was 14%. You know what I mean? And you know who hooked me up with that person? Buster Rhymes, because he didn't know. So Buster Rhymes hooked me up with a guy. <laughs> told, you know, and we just didn't know. So now I'm able to help and talk people and really guide them the right way. So those are the most important things for myself, man. Help, helping our community because if we won't do it, we don't help each other, nobody else will. Man, well, you're doing a great job, man. That's why I asked, like, what's happening, man? Because I, I, we all first generation, whatever it is we're doing. When you first generation, you fall down, you bump your head, you don't know, because you can never point to anyone that has done. I don't know anyone that was a director or a writer or owned a company. You know what I mean? So now you're like, damn, what do you do? How do you do this? So I'm really, really excited, man, to see what you guys are doing and, and what you guys are doing for the community. So that's dope, man, because don't nobody know nothing about real estate. Absolutely. Dion, we appreciate you, my brother. And I know you offered to buy an additional ticket for people who purchased a ticket to see Fatal in theaters. How can people cash in on that free additional ticket? Yeah, man, you go to uh, adam.com, adamtickets.com. And yes, right now what we're doing is the opening weekend, man. If you buy a ticket to Fatal, wherever you are in the country, I'm buying you an additional ticket to go see the film. Uh, also, please go to amctheaters.com to see how you can book out a theater. But Outside of all of that, go spend the money and go see this film, man. Fatal starring Hillary Swank, Michael Ely, Mike Coulter, that's Luke Cage, Tyron Turner. Oh, yeah, that's Kane from Minister Society. Go see this film, man. It's incredible, and you will love it. If you love Black and Blue or The Intruder or you like Fatal Attraction or Gone Girl, this is the movie for you to see, man. It's incredible. Let me ask you one more question. They always say that these Fatal Attraction movies, they, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. How is Fatal different? Oh, it's different in every way, man. First of all, it's a it's a complex thriller. So it's not about a man sleeping with a woman and then she crazy. That's not what the film is about. I would also say this to that. I don't think I've repeated any type of film ever in my career where you're like, oh, I've seen that movie before. You might say that in the beginning when you see a trailer, but everyone is consistently like, no, that's a different movie. But here's the thing, man. If you think about the film business right now, we the only people do that with each we the only ones that do that with film. How many Spider-Mans have they made? That's and true. don't nobody say, man, it's the same Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we do that with each other, man. Any movie we make is always, oh, that's just like, you know, but 
I, don't, I pride myself on making films that are not just like. So Fatal is completely different than anything you've ever seen. I will guarantee it. When you get in the theater, you're going to be like, oh, I did not know that was going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Well, Deontay, yeah, we appreciate you, King. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Appreciate y'all, man. God bless, man, and please be safe, and I appreciate the time. All yes, right. sir. My brother. Breakfast right. Club is Deion Taylor, y'all. What's up, y'all? It's Angela Yee wishing you and your family the very best this holiday season from all of us here at The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. You got a positive note for the people? Listen, uh, the positive note is simply this, man. There's a difference between maliciously offending somebody on purpose and somebody being offended by truth. If you're offended by the truth, that's your problem. I have no obligation to not offend you if I'm speaking the truth, okay? The truth is supposed to offend you. That's how you know you don't got it. Rudolph the Red Nose. Red Nose. Saw him, you would even say it. Come on, come on, Breakfast Club, bitches.